Pat Perdue's Customer Experience Podcast. Delivering great customer experience every time is really, really hard. If it was easy, more companies would be doing it. We all know that ain't happening. That's exactly where this show comes in. Every episode, we take a close look at companies who are getting customer experience right. Whether it's over the phone, over technology such as social media or apps on your smartphone, or in person, there are some companies who are just really good at this. This show looks at what they're doing differently to make their customers love them and introduces us to the people whose job it is to make great customer experience happen. So if delivering exceptional customer experience is part of your business, this is the podcast for you. I'm Pat Perdue, and I'm glad you found us. And welcome back. Thank you for downloading and listening. This is going to be a great show. Our guest today is none other than Peter Aceto. Peter is the CEO of Tangerine Bank, used to be called ING Direct, a renowned trailblazer in providing innovative customer experiences with the simple goal of helping people save their money. When you listen to the conversation, I'm hoping you come to the same realization I did. In talking to Peter, what occurred to me is that when it comes to customer, or in their language, client experience, it's way more than just one thing. At Tangerine Bank, client experience means a lot of different initiatives combined. It's not at all a one-off project, but it's more the cumulative effect of literally dozens of initiatives that have built momentum over time. Peter shares a few that have made a difference. Oh, and one of my favorite parts of the conversation happens at the very end. Peter's got a great sense of humor, and he's also the CEO of a bank, so he's got to be fairly serious. He is, after all, looking after our money. So, we're doing the interview, and we're all businessy, and then we finish our conversation, and that's when we hear a little of the fun side of Peter. So, I let the tape run a little, didn't edit it out, because listening back to it made me laugh. And also, I wanted to share that behind all that corporate wisdom is a pretty fun dude. Okay, here we go. As you heard from the introduction, Peter Aceto is President and Chief Executive Officer of Tangerine Bank. His career with Tangerine, formerly ING Direct, began in Canada close to 20 years ago as a founding member of its senior leadership team. Peter is a sought-out public speaker. I've seen him speak a number of times. He's a social media leader and a frequent blogger. He is regularly profiled in the Globe and Mail, Harvard Business Review, Forbes, and the Huffington Post, among others. Peter is also the author of the best-selling leadership book, Weology. Peter, I follow you on Twitter, as you know, and as I mentioned, I've seen you speak a number of times, and you really have the ability to connect with every member of your audience, whether it's the frontline staff or executive leadership. And I think that's because your message is always so authentic and is always very applicable across multiple lines of business. I'm really glad to have you on our show. Thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you so much, Pat. It's uh, an honor to be here. I enjoy your podcast. And um, so anyway, I'm looking forward to the conversation. And thank you for that um, very lovely introduction. (laughs) It's certainly my pleasure. And thank you for the kind words about the podcast. So as you know, we talk about customer experience here on, on the show. So tell me about your take on customer experience and Tangerine Bank. What does the notion of customer experience mean to you? And what does that look like at Tangerine? Yeah, I think it's a, it's a great question. And it's very fundamental to, uh, to what, we do here, what we do here at Tangerine Bank. Um, so forgive me, I, we, uh, we're in the habit of saying client experience. Um, so I'm just going to, you're going to say customer, I'm going to say client, but I think um, 
they they mean similar they mean similar things. Um, so we are uh, tangerine here in Canada, and uh, it, it, the ING directs uh, around the world are, are all challenges challengers in their marketplace. And to be a challenger and to really challenge the status quo, you have to stand out and differentiate yourself from uh, from your competitors. So it has always been the case at, at Tangerine Bank that we've tried to provide our clients with uh, an experience that they've never that they've never had the opportunity uh, to see before. Sure, uh, price and giving them great rates on their, you know, on their savings and on their their loans and and not charging them fees is very instrumental as well. But really, the sustainable um, advantage that that we want to have is is really focus focusing on their experience, and that's. All elements of the experience, you know, um, when they research us, when they choose to become a customer, uh, when they choose to no longer be a customer and everything in between. So it's very, uh, very it, it, probably the, it's the most important thing in terms of what we focus on every day. Interesting. And what does that, if you can maybe pull back the curtain a little bit, if I'm an employee at Tangerine Bank versus an employee at one of your competition, how might that look a little bit different in terms of what I'm doing on a day-to-day basis or, or the language I'm using or anything that might separate the employee experience at Tangerine Bank as compared to the employee experience at, uh, at say, another financial institution? Yeah, I think that's a great. It's probably the most um, poignant question, actually, um, because we think that our, you know, that that the the reason why we can be different and we're different in a sustainable way is because of our culture and uh, what it's like to be here every day. What we prioritize, what we think about, how it is we work together, and the role that our employees and our clients play in that whole continuum. So, I would say that would be the most fundamental difference between us and our competitors. So to, to just peel the, the curtains back a little bit, which as you, as you asked, you know, how we hire people, um, how we promote people, the conversations we have in the, in the midst of the day, these are all, I think, quite fundamentally different. You know, every company, you know, I think we learn, I don't know, 15, 20 years ago, you know, should have a set of values, right? And people put them on the wall and all those, those types of things. But yeah, we've all seen them They're on the wall. And, you know, I guess the real issue is, is, you know, are they on the wall or are they in people's minds every day, um, influencing their behavior, influencing uh, who we hire and, 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 and the type of feedback we give people. At Tangerine, we, we don't really have them on the wall. We don't call them values. We call them promises. And our promises are, are pretty simple. It's we share, we care, uh, we deliver, and 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 those are the, those are the key things, and they're all directed toward our clients. So um, we're a very client focused organization, and all employees from the people in legal, the people in risk management, the people in facilities, uh, the people in finance, uh, all the way to the people who actually are interacting with our customers um, every day are very focused on our promises and very focused on, on our clients and what they're experiencing from us every day. And it, it to me too, I mean, I, I'll tell you, there a day doesn't go by where I'm not having an interaction with a client or a potential client on Twitter or on email. Um, oftentimes, it's someone who who isn't happy. I mean, we, we do focus on the client experience. We don't get it right all the time. We get it right much more often than our competitors, our, our clients tell us. But, you know, uh, personally, 
um, dealing with some of the more difficult situations, dealing directly with clients right alongside the people who have to do that on the front line is an important message from me to our clients, but also our employees about how it's a key priority for me um, and, and it should be for them. Sure. So you touched on a lot of points in in that explanation. And thank you so much. One question that I have, a lot of companies talk the talk of client experience or customer experience. And a lot of companies try to, you know, they try to have the customer experience front and center in all the touch points. You mentioned some some areas that typically don't have a customer experience mindset, like let's say legal. And you yourself got your start in legal at at, uh, at what was then ING Direct. So like, what do you do to keep the customer's experience top of mind with individuals that may not be talking to customers every day like, like you are? I think it's a great question. I mean, you know, 20 years ago when, when we launched here in Canada, we had you know, one channel, which was uh, the contact center, so a call center, and we had one product, which were, were savings accounts. And I think it was um, it was small and very entrepreneurial, and all the executives took calls as well as our, our agents. And I think it was very easy to be to be focused on the client. Then uh, now we've got we've got almost two million. We've got over two million clients. We probably have five or six different products. Um, we've got the web, we've got secure chat, we've got email, we've got a contact center. I mean, so there's been a lot of complexity added, even though I think we're much more simpler than our competitors. I'd say about four years ago was the first time we actually created a team uh, that we call the client experience team, right? And these are people who's, you know, they're design thinkers and they're, um, they're software engineers. And, and their job is to make sure that in all decisions we do, whether it relates to product, whether it relates to how we comply with AML regulations, any changes that we make, that the experience for the client is taken into consideration in a proactive way. They have access to a group of clients that we're constantly talking to, constantly testing and, and learning about their lives so that we can design things that help them when we alter our onboarding process or we, we create a new product or a feature of a product. They're the ones who make sure that we've considered the client experience and the client's needs in everything that we do. They have ambassadors in every element of the bank. So there's someone who's, uh, you know, a, C, a client experience person from finance and from legal and from compliance. And then, of course, the places you'd expect them, like the contact center and, um, and the product people. So I think that really, you know, we've got some people and a leader who are very specifically accountable for making sure that we are always keeping the client. We're always we're very close to, to what we're doing to the client and that we're we're making the, the experiences top of mind. Really interesting. And I think that touches on on what might be one of the key differences in your organization compared to other organizations that may even have a chief customer officer or individuals who are tagged with the responsibility of keeping the customer front and center. The challenge with some of those roles is that they may not have a lot of teeth. So they're often the secondary thought or they're going around begging for consideration or or that kind of role. But it sounds like what you've described at Tangerine is a group that really has really has teeth and really has some authority in helping to shape some decisions at Tangerine. Yeah, I think that that leadership and, and as the world is changing is, is a lesson. I mean, actually, I didn't think that was a very good idea four years ago. I didn't think we should... 
I thought everybody should feel accountable for the clients and the client experience. And I learned as we became bigger and more complex that that was becoming more difficult and was becoming more of a challenge, which is why we created this group. And I think it's paid you know, great dividends. Clearly. And fascinating that you weren't on board with the idea initially. And but then you thought, OK, well, let's do it. You know, people should be thinking about the customer experience, but it's easier said than done. Really, really interesting. What might be some other customer experience specific learnings that you as a as the CEO of Tangerine might have had in the last few years that if you were going to provide some guidance to other executive leaders who would like to drive a better customer experience in their organization, what are some things that you might recommend that they do? Yeah, it's a good question. I'll tell you what I've uh, what I've learned. You know, there's there's a whole whole different set of competencies that exist today that didn't exist ten years ago. So we talk about design thinking, how you look at problems differently than maybe we looked at them in uh, in the past. So this is a key learning for me. If you think about what I've learned over the last two or three years, um, also how to organize an organization, uh, you know, every, every organizational design has its advantages and disadvantages, you know, with the hierarchies and all those types of things and how we be had the, the, the need and necessity for collaborating and working in a way that we haven't worked in the past and allowing the leadership and how an organization is organized um, has evolved uh, here at Tangerine an awful lot. And that, that brings challenges and, and difficulties. I mean, we have a variety of different teams, but there's a lot more. There, there's collaboration. Uh, I'd say the toughest conversations I have with leaders here is that we're never collaborating enough, right? And um, so how is it that you have people accountable for product and profitability and client and client experience and fraud prevention, all those types of things, but they need to co-create solutions together. So we're learning how to work in a different way. And I think that takes test and learn and it takes a little bit of time, but you, you, know, you need to be, to be very diligent. You know, I'll say the other thing I would like to say, and, and actually maybe it relates more to the question before this, but I think it's, it's quite relevant, which is when I look at our competitors, I think they're thinking about they're very profit focused, right, as, as banks often are, and they're trying to think about the client experience. I think Tangerine, from the way it was born, is client first. So the thing that we that I have to focus on in the organization is the balance between being generous to clients and creating the best client experience in the world and profitability. So I think everyone has these uh, these biases and they have to move the pendulum back and forth. I mean, we're not a charity, we're a corporation. We have to make money. We're very charitable and care about our clients and and that they're living healthy lives. So I think um, I think all businesses, depending on where they are and where they need to go, have different challenges. But I think those maybe be the three things that I would highlight for me. And you touched on a really important point in customer experience thinking is profitability, the business case for for driving superlative customer experiences. And sometimes we see that organizations really have a tough time. You know, they're willing to talk the talk. But when it comes to making customer centric decisions, sometimes it's hard to make a direct line between that decision and the business case. How can you balance that out in a way that you know you want to put the customer first, but it may not always be in the in the most obvious financial benefit of the organization? 
Yeah, I, look, I think that it, it, I'm glad you asked that because I'd say I'd probably add that to the list of the challenges that I've had to deal with, let's say, over the last 10 years, right, which is the world is changing very, very quickly. And if you want to be a client experience leader, sometimes it's difficult to have a business case that, that you truly believe in the assumptions about, you know, I'm going to make this investment. That's clear. But what I get for it is is often very, very less clear. So I think that um, the the courage and uh, the courage and strength of leadership is really important in moments like this. I think we need to break projects down into smaller chunks, more like in an agile fashion. And you have to understand upfront that not everything is going to go quite the way you want it to. And you need to be faster and nimbler. So your business case may be difficult, you know, when you look at it upfront. You break the spending, you break the project down into smaller pieces, you're watching very carefully, you're testing and learning and moving along the pendulum along the way, as opposed to, you know, this more waterfall way of looking at things, which is here's the whole project, here's how much it costs, let's start and finish and launch. So I think how we work on projects and how we look at business cases has changed uh, an awful lot. And it does require um, a different way of thinking from leadership. And it does require some courage as well. Definitely. And conviction and conviction to your values. And and you mentioned, you know, you're a values first organization. If there's a middle manager who is, and we have a lot of middle, we have folks all across the management spectrum listening to this podcast. And so this, this question is really is from the mindset of a middle manager. If I want to communicate an innovation or a customer experience scenario or potentially improvement uh, for my organization, how might I best be able to do that in a way that it gets listened to by the senior management team rather than coming across as a, as a rant or something that doesn't deserve priority today? Yeah, I think that's um, I've learned as, you know, as I've moved my way up in the organization. I mean, I've, you know, uh, I've had a lot of different roles and I've been that middle manager. And honestly, I think that middle manage level maybe has the most challenging job in an organization, right? Because they're getting thoughts and ideas and feedback and experiences from the from the front line. And they're getting vision and values and strategy and decision making from from above. And they're kind of stuck in the middle, right, trying to figure out what to tell um, their reports and then what to tell the people they report to. So I actually find that's a, a pretty tough spot to be in. And sometimes they aren't quite uh, invested in and trained. Um, so there, there, there's 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 some issues uh, there as well. I'll tell you from my experience that the people who I have found to be most persuasive and get uh, attention um, are the ones who very clearly are putting the organization first, meaning anything that they are suggesting, anything that they're passionate about. It is because they care about the organization and they care about the clients um, of the company. So I think if a middle manager person has an experience that's coming from the front line, let's say some difficulties that they're putting frontline people in because the systems aren't working or the product and pricing is too complicated or, or something that they're getting a lot of feedback from uh, from clients that is difficult, confusing, or, 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 you know, hard to do or hard to explain. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, if those, uh, come, uh, they're from the client, 
uh, they're in their frame in the best interest of the organization. If there, there's some analytics that support it, I find those people end up piercing through all the noise that's in an organization. Uh, so, so I think that would be my advice for, for a middle manager. Have you had that experience where a middle manager has been able to say to, to bring to you that experience with some data backing it up and maybe getting your attention to say, yeah, you know what? We could be doing things a little bit differently based on this. I can tell you that, that it, it happens weekly. You know, nice. here at, uh, at Tangerine. So um, actually, I don't even really when someone comes to me, I'm not really sure what level they are in the organization because we, we try and, you know, our view is when you when you walk in the door, we're all associates. Right. Mm-hmm. And I know that that's words and it probably isn't really like that for everybody. But that's certainly our, our view and, and our ambition. So I regularly get, you know, frontline employees you know, new managers, middle managers sharing feedback with me on a regular basis about what's not good about the client experience or what's not good about the employee experience. And sure. And um, those things are regularly deployed into the organization to be to be looked at. And, you know, unfortunately, there's um, a longer list of things that we need to get better at for both employees and for clients than we have resources to do. So we have to pick and choose and and prioritize. And that's where, you know, the, the thoughtful analytics piece um, uh, help us make these types of choices. So yes, it happens on a regular basis. Sure. Really interesting. And that, that brings to mind two questions. One, uh, what you've described where folks coming up to you and pitching ideas or providing suggestions, and that's something that happens ongoing in your world. You sound like you must be the busiest CEO imaginable because you've, you've got a massive company to run. And at the same time, you're talking about day-to-day interactions and day-to-day experiences of, of each of your employees. Other CEOs or senior executives that are listening to that comment and thinking, oh, there's no way I could do that. What guidance might you have for them? Yeah. Um, here's my view. Leaders have to do, they, they need to sp- spend their time doing things that are strategic. And interacting directly with employees so you really understand the employee experience, interacting with customers so you really understand the client experience is as strategic as anything. I mean, I'm the CEO. I'm, I'm responsible to stakeholders. There's the shareholder, right? There's the community. There's the employees and, and there's the customers. And um, so I need to spend a fair, let's say generally equal amount of time with each of those stakeholders and to make sure I understand and that I'm thinking about them. That, that's what's difficult about a CEO or a senior leader's job, right? Is that they don't just get to manage one stakeholder or two. They have to manage all of them. So finding time to truly understand the employee experience and truly understand the client experience is strategic and I think is fundamental. I find that, you know, in organizations with lots of layers, the senior people, the most senior people become detached, right, with what is actually happening for most employees and for most clients. And I think that's that is where the mistakes happen and where it's difficult to prioritize what really is important. So I think it's absolutely strategic and fundamental for a senior leader to tangibly understand uh, what the client experience is and, and what the employee employee experience is. You mentioned the employee experience a lot. What would you suggest is the relationship between the employee experience and the customer experience? Um, 
you know, my, my, my gut reaction is there's a hundred percent correlation between those two things. And that's probably just being a little dramatic, although I, I, I tend to, I tend to be that way, but, but I do think there's a very, very high correlation between the two of them. Right. I mean, if, um, I, I would say a tangerine, I would say our client experience is probably a little better than our employee experience. And we know that. And I think we need to work on improving the client experience a little bit. It's way easier to become a customer here than it is to become an employee. And that's not right. And we know about it. So we're, we're going to fix it. Um, there are some things that are more confusing for employees. So um, I'm also honest um, uh, about what, what it is that we need to work on. But I do think they're incredibly linked, right? I mean, what we do for clients and our vision about what we want to do, uh, what, we, what we need to do, needs to be reflected in the way we work every day, right? So we're an open organization. We're fast and nimble. We're collaborative. That's what uh, you know, we want to create a great client experience. So we need to create a work environment that does the same thing, right? And that's why we don't have offices. I mean, I don't have an office. No one has an office here. Um, we all sit out, you know, in the open and, um, and, and you have buildings though. You have a building. You're not like all hanging out at the beach you know, or in the park. <laughs> it's really cold out today. It's like, uh, it's freezing out. No, we are in a building. It's just that they're very, very open floor plans. N- no one has uh, an office, which creates a lot of collaboration. We've got lots and lots and lots of spaces that are, are collaborative, uh, you know, collaborative spaces. Um, so it's very easy for people to work in a very collaborative client focused way. So I, I do think they're incredibly linked, um, you know, maybe not a hundred percent, but I think both are, are very, very important. It's difficult for an employee to have a poor employee experience and deliver a great client experience. You it's got a it. difficult thing to do. You got it. And you know what else I'm hearing? And thank you very much, Peter, for your generosity of, of both your time and, you know, sharing what's going on at Tangerine. And it's a cumulative impact of a lot of different things. You know, you're just throwing out all this stuff like, oh, we don't have offices. We're a really flat organization. Um, we're very collaborative. You know, everybody is considered an associate. All of these things can combine to create what is a, the unique a client experience that Tangerine delivers versus, let's say, just one of those things, you know, organizations say, OK, well, let's get rid of our silos. And then suddenly we're going to be customer centric. It may be a little bit more complicated than that. Yes. And, you know, one thing, this is a great time. You know what? You, we, we all read, you know, Harvard Business Review. We all read business cases and, and, and sometimes study business cases, get the opportunity to talk about them. I always ask the question, you know, because when you read a business case and it's not a business case, like a, like a, you know, a, a case on a, on transformational change of an organization, for example. Right. And, um, you know, it's, it's eight pages, right? And it does seem like it all happened in a very short, like it happened in one year. And I, I always ask if I get the opportunity to say, well, like, how long did this transformation take? And it turns out that it takes a lot of time. You know, maybe it takes five years, six years, seven years. Um, so the stories I'm telling you are very true, but they're based on learnings that have been accumulated over a very long period of time. Not to remember, not, you know, also the world changes, employees change and uh, as well. So these things I'm telling you come from making mistakes, coming from adapting and evolving. Uh, we, we still get complaints from our employees that, that it feels siloed at times. And I think, you know, in, in the speed that we work, you know, sometimes it's human nature to go to your desk, solve a problem and then throw it out uh, as opposed to taking the time to be collaborative. So 
also hiring. I mean, we have a, we have a thousand employees, right? And as you change and evolve, you're, you have to ask your people to change and evolve. And maybe I'd say one of the biggest learnings for me is the discipline around change management, you know, over the last few years and, and how different people move through the change continuum at a different uh, at a different pace. And then at the same time, if you're a growing organization, you need, you need to add talent from, from outside. And, 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 and that's always a, a challenge as well. Right. So, um, none of this is uh, a foolproof formula, but you're right. I mean, if you, if you tackle one thing, um, there, there's so many other things that need to change and evolve around it or else you'll just end up back at the same place. So, um, leadership is, uh, is not easy and that's why I like writing about it and I like talking about it and I have my own mentors and I love coaching others is because it's just a constantly evolving discipline. Sure, sure. You're talking about leadership and recruiting and having that, that being something that drives the customer experience. So getting back to the middle managers, uh, the traditional middle management role, typically they're the folks who, for lack of a better word, enforce the policy that they're told, and then also try to create some sort of creativity, some kind of customer centricity within their teams, but it can be difficult. And if all this change is happening and swirling around them, often it can be that role, the middle management role that can either thrive or suffer. So as you're recruiting, is your recruiting a little bit different in, in the middle management or in the management role for an organization that has to change and be nimble and be really, really customer responsive, considering that things do change as, as quickly as they do? I would say um, abs- absolutely. And I think we're trying to be more sophisticated uh, here and even a little more analytical about the types of people and the types of personalities that succeed in an environment with lots of change and nimbleness. You know, some people thrive in, in that um, and some people don't like it at all and avoid it very, very, very much. I, I'm a person like I'm bored if something's not changing. So it's just real easy. Like I, that's what I like and enjoy. And it, it's taken me some time to understand that actually the majority of people aren't that way, right? That, um, that, that most people are okay with change, right? It's just there's a process, not just, yeah, whatever, let's do it, right? Um, so, yes, how we hire people in any leadership role is, I think, so something we were always very focused on um, on our promises. But, you know, as I said, we share, we care, we dare, and we deliver. I think I missed one when I said it the first time. And so we're hiring or hiring our particularly leaders around those core values and we ask people to leave and we promote people and we reward people based on those things as well so that we end up with the type of culture that we want, which is very client focused, which is very focused on delivery and but also empathy and caring and 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 and, um, and collaborative. And, you know, the dare piece is is around being innovative and, and taking some risks. So, yes, we we're, we're any leadership role. Um, we've always been very focused on hiring against those pro- those promises and those values. We're now trying to get a little more sophisticated. We have um, Cheryl Stargrad, who's our chief people officer, who joined us about two and a half years ago and has taught me so much about change management and, and so much about 
um, how we can be smarter around hiring and recruiting, but also developing uh, the people that we have here. Uh, developing our people is probably more important than our recruiting and hiring because we've got these great people that work here today. And as we change and evolve, we have to invest in their evolution as well. Um, but yes, um, I think that's that's a key area of focus. And there are analytical tools that can help us find people who are conducive to the culture that we have and who enjoy change and who work through the change cycle uh, and can help others um, through change uh, better. There's so much in there in terms of 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 <laughs> in, in, in even in that last thought and can help others work through that change better. So it sounds like it sounds like you almost recruit from a cultural fit first perspective and then perhaps experience or knowledge or or whatever else comes second. Would that be a fair statement? I would say that I have, you know, I have said that very specifically before. Yes, we were less focused on the technical skills because we've got we've got the technical skills here. Um, you know, when we're launching a new product, you know, a year ago we launched credit cards. So there's a new competency and we didn't have the competency. So we did need to hire people from outside. But for us, the focus is on the culture. The, for, the focus is uh, people who believe in those promises before they come to Tangerine. And if we can find those people and they can find us, um, then we then then the, this flywheel of momentum uh, will will never slow down. And then it becomes a lot easier for me as the CEO when you've got a, an organization that truly walks these values every day and our clients will experience it every day. And uh, my favorite thing is, you know, when I have an idea or a suggestion about something that could be better or something that's new and um, and I give it to, you know, people in our organization and they blow my mind uh, with something that was way better than I had ever considered. I mean, that's when your culture and your hiring and your promoting and. Um, your empowerment of those people pays gigantic dividends, right? So in many cases, for a lot of this client experience stuff, doesn't need me. Huh. I, and I think you're being a little modest. <laughs> Just a little suspicion there. So, so what's the future for for customer experience and Tangerine? If you can tip your hat just a little bit, is there anything interesting on the horizon? Or I can reframe that question in terms of how is how is the role of the customer continuing to help Tangerine evolve? Yeah, I, I, I love it, and it's a great it's a great sort of ending question. Not to say this needs to be your last question, Pat, but um, uh, so we have a client advisory board. So this is a group of clients that sort of represent the demographics of our um, of our clients and of of Canadians in general. Um, so just take that off to the side for a second. And, and, and I've spent lots of time with them over the last two years. And I find these sessions just to be amazing to just have this open dialogue with them. So I'll just put that over to the side for a quick second. Our, um, our purpose, why I joined this company 20 years ago, and I think why most of my colleagues here uh, work here is we believe that a financial institution is in the best place to help um, our customers live better lives, right? If people feel that they're in control of their finances and they know how to save and they're and they know how to spend, that they're going to be happier, right? Because they're going to be less uncertain about the future. So that is the dream and aspiration of Tangerine, which is to help Canadians live a healthy life and be happy because their financial part of their life 
they feel in control of. So working with our client advisory group and all of our teams here at Tangerine, we're thinking about you know, the, we call the four banking experience, which is, is how a bank and a client interact in the middle of the day while they're spending, while they're saving, when they're worried about how it is we can be there for them. Uh, now we've got the tools, you know, with mobile devices and artificial intelligence and, and a variety of other things that Pat, if you're, you're a client of ours, you, you know, we can help you achieve your goals and aspirations. And when you're going to make a purchase that's probably not in your long-term interest, we can be there. I mean, it's your it's your money. Um, so I think the role a company like Tangerine can play in really helping people live better lives and how we interact with our customers to learn about how we can help them and what they worry about every day is so exciting. And that's what we're really excited about for the future. It sounds really cool. The way you've described it, it's almost like if I'm, you know, if I'm at an electronics store about to buy a TV, the Tangerine app will pop up and say, do you really need a 50 inch TV screen and uh, <laughs> something like that? So it sounds really neat. Peter, thank you so much for joining us. So much learning that you were able to share. How can people uh, how can people connect to you if they want to follow you on Twitter or I know you're you're also really active on LinkedIn. How might they find you? Yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, that that's. That's great. Uh, well, yes, I'm. Um, I, I enjoy Twitter very much, and my handle is uh, at Peter Acido, uh, which is pretty straightforward. And um, yes, I'm on LinkedIn as well, and um, I enjoy sharing on LinkedIn. That's uh, you know, I share a, uh, probably a blog post every two weeks, which just share some thoughts and some insights. So yes, uh, LinkedIn, uh, LinkedIn as well. So I'd say those are probably the two the two best spots. And of course, I'll put a link to Amazon so folks can pick up your book, We All. So once again, thank you again for joining us. Really appreciate the time and uh, folks will be really excited to hear this conversation, I'm sure. So thank you again. Well, thank you, Pat. It was, uh, it was really fun to, to chat with you. I'm, I'm very passionate about this, so I'm, I'm more, I, I enjoy uh, talking about it. So thanks again for having me on your show. Thank you. I'm still here. <laughs> you mentioned that you could edit at the very beginning. So I was like, okay, I think we can still talk at it. Thank you again to my guest, Peter Acido. For more information on Peter and how to connect with him on Twitter, visit the show notes. And thank you for listening. Do you have a company in mind you'd like to hear featured on our show? Hit me up on Twitter at Pat Purdue. Until next time, make every one of your customer experiences a great customer experience. 